Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm your host, Trevor Scott, and with me is my co-host, Ben Slinger. I thought you were the co-host. No, you're the co-host. <laughs> no, week. that was a joke. I do know stuff about comedy now because I took a comedy class. Comedy 101. It's all about timing. Misdirection. <laughs> no, I didn't take a comedy class, as should be readily apparent by that horrible little attempt skit. <laughs> so, this is Bitstorm, and I think we're going to play some click pitch. For those of you who may have not listened to the podcast before, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click, we're going to get a new word, and we're going to say them to, into the microphones, because that's how podcasts work, and then we're going to turn them into a game design. Uh, Trevor, we must have done a lot of game designs by now. Yeah, someone count them up for us. Somebody we count them up for us. Go through all 85 episodes, plus the little click pitch classics. They count. Um, don't count the ones where Ben's not on it, though. <laughs> no, we we just want the those. ones where Ben and I come up with stuff. <laughs> well, just break it down into little into different segments. Give us all the statistics you can. One day I'll do this with my copious amounts of time. All right. Let's, let's play click pitch. Three, two, one. I click. Family. Loophole. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away the behind the scenes. Because <laughs> uh, you make me do editing, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I love making your edit more difficult. Although you just leave shit in, so it's whatever. Hi, everyone <laughs> listening to this bit that should really have been cut out. <laughs> <laughs> It's family and loop- loophole. So, um, is there? Uh, I, I kind of like the idea that someone has like made their way into a family via some technicality, like some loophole in law. And so, this is there's this family member that nobody else in the family wants there, but they have to begrudgingly accept them because, like, they bring out their little pocket constitution and they're like, eh, 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 "You can't kick me out." I don't know where they just is. because I was the child of. You know, I'm still I'm still the child of of your your father. He just donated sperm. <laughs> I'm still part of the family. <laughs> Wait, I'm getting confused. I'm right. Okay, so it's a sperm donor kid. Yep. Who finds out that he's, <laughs> he finds he's the, the child. father and just like worms his way into their family. <laughs> um, as as far as as far as he's concerned, he's got DNA links to the family. The um the father's like really really um rich. Okay. Okay. Um. Broke it big after, after you know, yeah. donating sperm many years ago. Pulled himself down the, up um, to donate sperm, and then pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Um, um, invented, you know, um, Facebook or Google or something like that. In he, well, what he invented is a social network for sperm donors, and um, to find the best places <laughs> to donate sperm. It's like a site where it's like you put in, you put in your, um, well, because you don't, you, you want to do it anonymously, so you put in your fake name. You put in how many milliliters of semen you you in one ejaculate, <laughs> one ejaculation, um, where your location, and it gives you a list of places and how much they'll pay, um, and it just the whole semen market just took off because of this because there was more competition, and yeah. So you play um, the sperm. You, you play the the sperm donors kid. 
Okay, so you're trying to work your way into this family. Yeah. Oh, I like the idea of stealth mechanics, but it's you have to try and get DNA off the dad to get some hard evidence that you are genetically related. Okay, so so I'm picturing that the very first level, um, I'm thinking levels, even though it's you know sort of like maybe the first act is um, you're a waiter at a party. Okay. Um, and you know for a fact that your dad is here somewhere. Oh, because you, you've never met him, Be- and because uh, the all the photos on this sperm social sperm network are blurred out, <laughs> or they're from it's eighteen weird. years ago, or it's longer. weird. That, it's weird that they <laughs> ask you to upload a photo just to blur it out, but there it is. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm picturing that you got to, uh, you know, sort of give give drinks to each of the um each of the six like billionaires at this um at this particular. Oh, um, yeah. Because, yeah, he's definitely going to be in the, like, the VIP room. The room, yep. the, uh, what is it? The, like, the nine-digit room. The ten-digit room. So, I'm the sort of picturing zeros. it that you, you, um, you, weren't, you weren't that interested, but your, um, your partner in crime, which happens to be- um, Also your love, love partner. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter what- what sort of partner it is is it's just you know they've sort of said oh you know you've always wanted to know if what your what your dad was um, who your dad was and you know what sort of person he was but I like the idea that um, they're sort of egging you on at the start but that you start realizing that they're sort of a gold digger right okay so, so there's actually a, right so they're they're pushing you just for the money and so yeah. there's a big dramatic scene later when, on when you realize you know you can you. It's it's more um, blood is thicker than water sort of thing. It's more so- about the family. And so once you finally find the guy who invented sperm star, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Then uh, you actually like start getting along with them, and um, and and then you're working together. Like then you kind of you develop that relationship. It's basically this is actually a much better plot for like a cheesy comedy like drama. Oh yeah, but I think really there haven't been too many. Um, cheesy comedy um, games. sort of action-adventure mm. games. So, so, I like the idea okay, that, so, yeah, that you're okay, having to sort of um, mm. Hitman-esque sort of go in, serve a drink, make sure that you take that's that glass and you, and you sneak it to your, your partner in crime. Yeah, and they, like, test and it. You need and to, and need to make sure that you, you're sort of doing one at a time. You've got, you know, a time limit to hit mm. all, um, all six um, potential fathers. <laughs> It's that's true though. There aren't there aren't many like comedic games with these sorts of mechanics. So that actually is actually really interesting. But yeah, that that's that's cool. So yeah, you have to like make your way around and eat, each of them are in different situations where there is an opportunity for you to get their DNA. Um so like one of them is just is underneath the stairwell and so you can kind of do a move to <laughs> No, I was just gonna say like to reach down and pluck the hair. I'm just, I'm just thinking they're under a stairwell because they're like agoraphobic or something like that. So they just need no, to just be in a well, I just meant they happen to be having a conversation there. Maybe you have to lure them there. Um, and then, like, dad number two, you find out the type of whiskey that they're into and that they're in a huge alcoholic. And so you go and get their saliva off the literally the bottle, the rim of the bottle. And then the third one you find out is like a huge um, sex addict. And so you have to oh. go and get it to use condom from the bedroom where they were just like had a huge orgy, but you have to you have to like figure out which one is his. But you know that he likes 
fluoro <laughs> pink rubbers. <laughs> See, I wasn't thinking that for the for the third one. I was thinking, you know, the third one is is, is the um is the one that keeps on uh, trailing the guy with the hors d'oeuvres. You know, sort of he's he's always going after the food because right. he's like. I'm just picturing that he's like, so you, like stick figure thin, but it's like he's continually eating. <laughs> and so it's actually dangerous because you try to get a swab in his mouth and you just might chew your finger off. <laughs> and then he goes crazy because <laughs> he's tasted human blood. <laughs> and you're like, that's my dad. All right. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> Toggle. Virus. Um, I like the idea. I like the idea of a virus that's turned on and off by some sort of external thing um as in the, the the effects of it are toggled by cold or heat or electricity or sex or eating a fucking vegemite sandwich um like in possum magic <laughs> okay so i'm picturing it's a game sort of similar to super hot <laughs> okay um so it's sort of a slow down thing uh, this virus that got that got injected into you um, basically allows you to see sort of like super hot in which, you know, when you can move your head around and it, nothing much happens. But as you move your hands and that sort of stuff and you move the body, you know, time sort of skips forward. Okay. I like the fact that, um, you know, it's, give, it's giving a, a physical reason as to why you can. Um, you know what could be cool with that? Yeah. I was just thinking, I like that idea of, of controlling time. Now- you know how in super hot, as you just said, when you turn your head or or, or move your body in particular, like it goes faster when you move your body, time mm-hmm. goes forward. What if it was a similar sort of thing, but you could move time forward Forwards and backwards, or backwards. based yep. on like the position of you know your left hand or something, or maybe like your head in space, or I don't know, like it could be different different ways that you control it. But yeah, I yep. love that idea of like. Okay, shoot it. Okay. Oh, shit, I missed. All right, just rewind time a bit and re-aim and move forward a bit. Um, I guess the challenge with that would be, like, how do you how do you make it so it's not completely overpowered that you can just redo everything? Well, um, as you said before, you know, being toggled by heat and movement and that sort of stuff. So, I'm, I'm picturing that different, different modes of the virus kick into place. So, mm. a temporal sort of thing is, is um, happening when it's uh, slightly chilly. But when it's when it's hot, then you get some other sort of um, some other sort of power that that okay comes, oh. comes to the front. So, did you ever play Braid? Yes. Now that was a game that messed around with time a lot, and every world had a different way that it messed with time. Yeah, I like the idea that yeah, like a different thing toggles this virus into a different mode, so that you know maybe one one area is. Um, just standard kind of super hot sort of thing where as you move, time moves. And then the next one is, okay, now in this area, um, yeah, you've got, you've got forward and backward. And so, you know, you could, you could really design the areas around, okay, the, the player's going to be able to just go backwards. But of course, if they actually get shot, like they die. So, yep. um, they, it's still difficult because you actually, you know, you put a bunch more enemies around and it's literally like oh shit okay you got to remember where they all are go back a step all right one's gonna come from here one's gonna come from there oh shit there's another one over here okay go back try it again um and then the third could be like i kind of like the idea that when you kill an enemy time resets like so you've got 
like I'm just picturing You've got to work air- out a way of killing well, them yeah, all at the same time. <laughs> basically, yeah, I'm just picturing you know, picturing a way that like, well, I don't know if the per- if they come back, but like I'm picturing a, a, an area where like ten people all come out at the beginning like super fast. Um, there's no way, obviously, that you could kill them all before they sh- before they get you, but there's one that's close enough, right? And you kill them, and time resets, and now they're dead. But you know, so you sort of got to figure out the sequence almost. Uh, or maybe they're not dead. Maybe it's that there is a sequence where maybe time freezes or maybe like all the- Maybe when you kill someone, some sort of blast goes out and destroys all the bullets that are heading towards you or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also like the idea that you can- um, Another one of the mechanics that I remember seeing from Braid was that you had like the mirror person. So, you got- You did something- and then you rewound time and a mirror version of you continued doing that one thing. Yeah. And then you could, you could do a set, um, a second thing at the same time. So you well, could sort yeah. Of- well, maybe that's what this sort of, maybe that's what that one could be. Maybe it's that you do have to find a way to kill them all like in that first two seconds. Because <laughs> when you, when you manage to kill one, it creates a copy of yourself that does that every time then. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's like, you know, the first second that you get there, you have to go, all right, okay, shoot that guy. And then you just die. But you restart and it's like, all right, now that's happening. So, I know that if I can then move over here, I'm going to dodge that bullet and then shoot that guy. And so, you see this like, like by the time you've done them all, it's this grand ballet of, of all these different things happening simultaneously. It's like basically, it's fucking Agent Smith from the Matrix moving, you know, like that sort of all the different um, versions moving in different directions at once. How they sort yep. of- yeah, um, I, awesome. I like the idea that you can actually have like, okay, this in this loop, I'm going to um, I'm going to block the bullet that kills my first self, block that one, and shoot the guy across here, and so therefore now right. that goes. Yeah, well, you could definitely do some causality stuff there, and there have been but a lot of, of a lot of. You got to keep your hand out of the way. You got to keep your hand out of the way from your own bullets, yeah. because you can still get hit by them. Yeah, you could definitely figure that out. Like, and obviously, if you create a paradox, then there's a failure state or something, but. Um, or at least Even for that we round. haven't actually said it yet, by the way. This is in VR. <laughs> oh, I was just assuming. Yes, absolutely in VR. Sorry, you said super hot, and I've only been playing super hot in VR lately. So in VR, I know. Yes. But then I then I remember. You're right. We didn't. Actually, we haven't was actually said it, even though we both went there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. This is definitely VR. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> sorry, <well>, I- Sammy. <laughs> and I like the idea. Well, because you were saying the mirror mirror person, and what I actually thought of in that case was not what you were saying there. But do you remember in Rick and Morty Virtual Reality? The, where you had to control the Mr. Meeseeks. Yes, and you and could like see them th- just in front of you. <laughs> you could see them in front of you and they were copying exactly what you were doing. I like that idea that there's one or two or three other versions of yourself that are in different positions around the level and are, are copying your relative movements. And so, you have to, like, yeah, coordinate all that to, to, to take out all the enemies. Oh, but, you know, in that level- you're in like a security room and you've got security monitors around and you can only see like your character. On oh, the like on the monitors. Oh God. That'd be really interesting. Actually. It's like a, then you're sort of playing a third person game, except multiple of them at once and you're in VR and you have to yeah. be shooting people in your actual location as well. <laughs> <laughs> and the monitors are like facing, um, are facing away from the door. So people can be coming in from behind you. So you got to turn around and shoot them, but yes. um, you got to be facing the monitor to shoot the, well, and also shoot the I love people the, on the I, actual. I love the <laughs> idea that as you're well, but that's the thing. Like you're you're moving your hands to control the arms of the people, the versions of you on the monitor. If you if you pull the trigger, 
Is it gonna? It's still gonna fire your gun. It fires too. all the guns. It fires all the guns. So you have to make sure not to be like pointing at one of the monitors you're looking at because now you're blind. <laughs> now you're doing it blind. <laughs> oh god! Or maybe it's it. like you have to make. Maybe it's that. Well, because your your gun could be unloaded, right? Like if if you've used up all the gun all the bullets, or you've unloaded the gun in your right hand, that's only for the version of you that you're controlling. The other ones still have all their bullets in. So, yeah. or if you- they all have different clip levels. Yeah, you got to keep track of more. Oh, God. Okay, three to one click. <laughs> Photocopy. Recall. <laughs> okay. Let's try to come up with something that's actually, like, we do. I feel like we do a lot of world building mm-hmm. lately. Um, I'd like to I'd like to do something mechanics heavy, um, more around the actual game mechanics. So, like, recall is an interesting one. I could see something around, like, well, and maybe this is, again, as I've said, like, the last three weeks in a row, because I've been playing a lot of God of War, but, like, about being able to pull something back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then photocopy, obviously, makes me think of, I don't know, a library or an office. I mean, I, when, I, when I think photocopy recall, I'm thinking that there's a photocopier at the office that is being recalled because it um, is a fire hazard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of thing. Well, um, I was thinking memory. Maybe it's, like... And this this isn't mechanics based. This is story based. But uh, maybe you maybe you're a, you're a temp, and uh, you get a job in a really boring office. And one day you're in the co- copy room making copies, and you spill your coffee on the photocopier, and, and you get electrocuted. You get electrocuted. And from that point on, anytime anybody photocopies something on that photocopier, it also appears in your memory, <laughs> in your head. Okay. So. You now have this superpower. It's a fairly mundane superpower. Uh, I'm kind of picturing, I don't know, maybe like a, 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 a Quantic Dream style game. Okay. Um, so, you're basically, you're able to get ahead in, in, say, the marketing and that sort of stuff because you know- Well, yeah, that's um, it. You can get trade secrets. You can get uh, gossip from from your co-workers. Um, you can get- next week's menu in the in the uh cafe you know i'm sure that'll come in handy for something now a lot of a lot of um printers in the office or photocopies in the office are also act as printers but i'm thinking that you don't get access to things that people just print it has to actually be photocopied on the screen yeah 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 as in like they have to put a face down on the thing and the light has to then it has to yes yep um, um, so maybe part of the game is convincing people to photocopy things that they need copies <laughs> of stuff <laughs> because you want to know what's on that sheet of paper <laughs> that uh, Jeremy has from accounting because, like, you really need to know for some other puzzle how much so money you're in a dialogue uh, puzzle with um with the CEO's Betty like office secretary, paid. yeah, and and she's talking about how the boss gave gave her like. A list of passwords that he that he's got. Yes, for, because and, he's, and so he can never remember them. He can never remember them, and, and you can sort of talk her into saying, "Well, you know what? It'd be great for you know you to have extra copies on hand if you give him this sheet, and then he loses it." And you can sort of go through those those sort of conversations and and sort of yeah. make it easier yeah. first to. And to then, funnily enough, that ends up with her going, "You're right. Can you make me a copy?" And she just hands it to you. <laughs> you don't even need to use your power. 
<laughs> you can just read it. You just read it. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so I like the idea that, you know, obviously by this point, you've used your insider knowledge to um, work your way up the ladder. Now you're in a high-powered executive meeting. It's like the final kind of scene and you're like impressing the big CEO and right at that time, it happens that Jeremy, again, fucking Jeremy- and Betty, fucking Jeremy, and Betty from <laughs> IT are getting it on on the fucking photocopier. <laughs> and so you oh, see, just I, I start. Thought you, I thought you were going to just say Jeremy's doing a pressed ham on the um. Well, he is on the while Betty rides him, <laughs> and then they're just like doing all these different positions, and so you're getting tits and dicks and butts in your head, and you can't block them out. And crack. Total- and the connection's broken. Oh, not <laughs> not butt crack. No. You meant that they, no. they cracked the screen. And they, they cracked, cracked the screen the, the, yeah, and glass. The repl- they replaced the photocopier and it doesn't happen. <laughs> right, anymore. that's the end. And then it's like and then it's like at the end of the movie Big where he's trying to find the Zoltan machine again. You're like, I've got to find this <laughs> photocopier. I've got to get it fixed. I can't lose this superpower anymore. And then it cuts to like thirty years later and you're you've got like your grandchildren and uh you're telling them a story and all of a sudden you get, Someone's an, prepared you get it. an image in your head. Someone's repaired it. And it's another and it's fucking press hand. God damn it, Jeremy. I know you had fun with Betty, but I didn't think the sentimental value was that high that you'd repair the photocopy you fucked on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one, click. Premise. Hmm, opening. Oh. So, my mind immediately goes to, like- Instantly. That was really quick. Instantly. It was really, really fucking quick. Um, you're a real estate agent holding, oh, okay. like, like an an opening for, for a property. Um, oh, like so the, the premises. <clears throat> the premises. Mm-hmm. The so, premises. I like the idea yeah. that um, you're basically- You've got two hours to sort of try and lead people through this house. All the while, you're trying to not let them catch- See the murder room. Um, well, no, I wasn't thinking murder room. N- not see the people that you got, like, tied up in the basement. Oh, so you're not even really a real estate agent. That's actually no. who is tied up in the basement. It's the real estate agents who are really selling this place. Yeah. So, I, I kind of like the idea that it's sort of like a- It's a caper that's sort of gone wrong. You were- You've come in to rob this house. Mm-hmm. Um, the real estate agent has come through, and all of a sudden, you've got to sort of try and talk people through- the house. Right, I like this. I like this. Except I say we don't tell the player immediately. <laughs> the so player, unreliable, nar- unreliable the, narrator. <laughs> yeah, that the player finds out. The player when they start, they just think they're a real estate agent, <laughs> and they're showing this family around, and they like go ahead. It's like, oh yeah, and check out our lovely basement, and they open the door and see these fucking wide-eyed people in their underwear and just like slam shut. It's like, oh, actually, um, um, we can't go in there right now. It's under renovations. <laughs> Jeremy and Betty. <laughs> oh, Jeremy and Betty. Like, this is 10 years on. They're, now they're actually married. They've got their photocopier in there. They're precious. <laughs> broken photocopier. Broken, sentimental <laughs> photocopier. But they are also tied up. Oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you guys that. Game <laughs> over. I had to tie you up there with them. Game over. <laughs> every, time, every time you accidentally let someone see it, it's just like, ah, shit. Clonk. Tie them up. <laughs> Basically, now, to, that, that's your score. It's like golf, though. You've got to get the least amount of people tied up in your basement as possible. That's how I play golf, anyway. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> picturing because you don't know anything about the about the house, you're like 
you got to try and keep your story straight as you as you're showing them through the house, like mm-hmm. sort of saying that. Um, well, up here, you know, uh, maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a, a couple that um, you can tell are sort of looking for a, a house that is sort of had some mystery happen. You know, so you can sort of maybe <laughs> well, say- check out the basement. <laughs> <laughs> if you like mysteries, how did this all these was- people get here? <laughs> Wasn't me. This was Al Capone's bedroom. <laughs> and, and then you need to remember because- but that's what they, you said. They start talking about it. I was like, okay, so I said Al Capone's bedroom and- <laughs> Well, I, I do like that because you might have multiple couples walking around at once. Oh, actually, that's an interesting, like, plate balancing kind of mechanic then- because not only are you have to, having to remember what you're telling, what lies you're telling all these people, but like you're upstairs with the uh, Joneses, because that's the only fucking name I could think of, uh, telling them about Al Capone's bedroom. And then downstairs, you notice the Drapers, because <laughs> you said <laughs> Betty earlier, um, <laughs> heading down to, the, to check out the basement. And you're like, oh, shit. Sorry, Mr. Jones and me. Sorry, Mr. Jones. Uh, I got to go. I got to go. Um, but then they like that brings down their trust level of you, and you might not sell this house. Why are you still trying to sell this house? I guess you're just trying to get rid of everyone so that you can, but also not raise suspicions because if you if you are a real estate agent, um, you know, wearing the gold jacket or whatever it is, oh yeah, um, totally. Um, you know, you don't want people walking away and raising sp- suspicion. Yeah, that's maybe it. You got like a suspicion meter because I- I'm liking the idea that. Well, I think um, there's just a meter of. And maybe it's, maybe it's visible or maybe it's not, but, like, of how likely any particular person is to buy the house. Um, I guess there yeah, could be different reasons why they would decide not to. Like, there's this weird, creepy real estate agent who won't let me in the basement. <laughs> it's just it's just your run-of-the-mill, typical basement with <laughs> yeah, no one tied up. <laughs> there's no one. There aren't even any ropes in there or chains. <laughs> 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 someone died down there. <laughs> someone's going someone's gonna to die down there. You don't want to go in there. I mean, someone or uh, someone already did die there. Yeah. Um, the lights don't work. That's okay. I've got a torch. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> really? Can I see it? Clonk, clonk. <laughs> and they're down the bottom now. And now they're in the basement. What? What's with all these people who come prepared for dark basements? Basements when they're just looking looking at a house, an open house. <laughs> I love it. Love this idea. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, how would the game work? So, I'm thinking just sort of dialogue trees. I'm thinking um, dialogue trees. Um, like, because you do have to remember, like, you know, the uh, the Smiths come in, the band, funnily enough, uh, and they, they're like, <laughs> how many, so how many bedrooms um, upstairs? And you haven't actually been up there yet. So, you're like, uh, I don't know, four? Uh, and then you go and talk to someone else. But then, the, the, then, then Robert, Robert, is it Ro- no, Robert Smith is in the cure. Who's in the Smiths? Anyway, Jane Smith uh, calls from upstairs. Like, there's only three bedrooms up here. And so you have to go up and, like, make an excuse of, oh, yeah, but, like, this closet could totally, <laughs> like, if you're a vampire, you could sleep you in could this closet. hang upside down in here and that's yeah. an extra room. Come on. Um, you look like vampires. You're the Smiths. <laughs> okay, three to one click. Yeah. Impress. Mnemonic. Uh. <laughs> Uh, this is a this is a this is like a casual multiplayer game, like mobile game, kind of like Words with Friends, uh, except it, they give you a complicated set of like a compl- complicated subject of things you have to remember, 
and it's whoever comes up with the best mnemonic for it, and you, like, compete against your friends. So, you know, someone gets the names of the planets in our solar system, and you, you each get that. Like, everyone in your kind of little group gets that. It could even be, like, a- it's could be, like, a Jackbox thing, maybe, or, like, a card game, even. Um, and then you have to write down, like, you know, Mrs. Veronica Elephant must just sit up near <laughs> places. I know Pluto's not a planet. Did I miss one? That was all of them, wasn't it? I would have lost, is my point. <laughs> 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 You're going down this whole thing, and all I'm thinking the entire time is, how can I bring Johnny Mnemonic in? Oh. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, he's the host of that particular Jackbox game. It's Johnny Mnemonic, and they're like, all right, come up with an alternative to Sokotoa. <laughs> Funniest one wins. Or the most memorable. Maybe it's that you have to come up with them, and then you have to play it a week later. And whoever whoever's won, whoever remembers things. Well, you play a hundred in a row, and it's like, okay, who yeah. remembers the mnemonic from the first from the first game that you played like that's three it. hours ago? And that's how you get points. Right. No, I think that's perfectly that you can't improve on that game anymore. So, three to one, click area split. I mean, <laughs> all, all I'm thinking of is the game Quicks. Quicks? What is that? Um, so, search for Q-I-X. Oh, I remember that. Apparently, it's pronounced Kicks. Yes. <laughs> you just saw that on Wikipedia as well. You've been yes. pronouncing it wrong for all these long 37 years. Yeah. I used to love the game Kicks. So, what it actually is, is you've you got this, like, this big area and you're effectively creating, like, little square shapes to, to fence in, like, an enemy into, into a smaller area. Yes. So, sort of similar to, in a way, to Jack's Ball? Is that what it was called? Oh, uh, yeah. Could be. No, that's not what it was called. Jez Ball? Jez Ball. Yes. Yeah. Very sort similar of similar to, to Jez Ball where you had to like split it up so that you had to you had to clear the area. Um but this is more arbitrary in the shapes you're creating. Quick kicks. Yep. So how can we do this in a modern how can in we a modern fashion? basically split up an area? So in, in kicks was it a similar thing where you you had to like sort of time it right to carve out an area while the enemy was not in that area. So yes. now they've got a smaller space. All right. But you also had, like, you had two enemies. You had one enemy that was um, basically floating around in the area, and you had one that would, f- would oh, um, is it on the go lines? along the the um, edge okay. to try and catch you. All right, so here's what I'm thinking. How could you do this in VR? <laughs> is it like dragging out shapes or placing down walls that you can then kind of grow in some way? Um Growing could be interesting if it in that it doesn't necessarily have to be plants, but it could be in that you not only are you having to time it so that the the thing doesn't come while you're building it, but there's some sort of delay in that you kind of place the seeds for for something to grow that's going to split up the area that's going to that's going to encase it a bit more, but there's a delay before it's sort of fully grown enough to contain it. So if the enemy comes while it's still growing, they might be able to bust out of it. But maybe that takes some time. Like, maybe they get entangled in it 
um, and which lets you grow an actual better wall of vines <laughs> uh, on the other side of them <laughs> to actually make their area much smaller. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like there is. Some, I feel like there are some mechanics there. So I'm just wondering, how are you? picturing people to move in this uh i mean they just walk around their entire room and smash into things um no i don't i mean i mean i think some people don't like um teleportation and some people don't like free movement because they get sick so we want to be fully inclusive (laughs) but that makes it so much harder (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean it could be it could literally be that you're standing still um Maybe you're like in the center of this area and you've kind of mm-hmm. got a gun that shoots out the seeds. Um, and there's this, there's this enemy bouncing around predictably. And if it comes near you, also, you have to like duck out of the way. Um, so, you know, room scale, but okay. Within that area. So I kind of like the idea that you've got, um, the, the, the ball or whatever it is that's bouncing around the area. <clears throat> yeah. The enemy. Um, it's effectively a bunny rabbit. <laughs> okay. And you're you're in the centre of, of the area. It's a it's a three sixty sort of environment. Yep. Um you've got basically a seed spreader yep. that you're you're firing off. Um in in this particular environment, um the seeds take root really, really quickly and actually yep. grow into, into oh, carrots be- really quickly. Oh, into and carrots. what you're trying okay. to do is is actually um get the majority of the area um filled with carrots. <laughs> filled with carrots. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Without the without the um, bunny bunny rabbits, you know, and I say bunny rabbits because you got to try and keep them busy with maybe firing off one or two carrots in their direction before they go and right. Hmm. I do like that. I'm just trying to think of whether because I was starting to think what could be interesting is you've got a seed gun in one hand and like a hose in the other hand. (laughs) So and and these particular seeds do like. You know, they do take effect they quickly and they do yep. start growing. But if you spray them, they're going to grow faster. Um, and, and I don't know if you've got unlimited water, but it's more about then. Then you've got that extra thing. It is about timing. They do start growing straight away and you don't want the bunny okay. to come so and get through. Here's a little wrinkle on your hose. All right. You've got a switch on the hose. One is for growing and the other switch is for um, basically- drawer. Well, shooing away. But if if you spray the the bunny rabbit with the growing one, literally the <laughs> rabbit starts growing. <laughs> so you really have to be careful. And, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe um, grow and slow. Grow and slow. That could be the name um, of the game. I I quite like the um I quite like the idea that you you sort of spraying the um the grow on there and then you quickly turn around and spray the bunny rabbit with the with the slow. Oh, and, and that's good actually because if you spray your plants with the slow. Then they're they going to grow, grow more slowly and you, you, then you're in trouble. Yeah, um, that's cool. I, I like the idea that you've got to sort of also be paying attention to how big the carrots are, are getting so that you've got to maybe put the, put the slow down on, on some of the carrots to stop it from growing so fast because mm. you don't want it. Um, well, because I think you need, we need a mechanic there where you, you have managed to, to finish an area, as it were, and, and, let, and that, that means the bunny can't get in there at all, right? Because otherwise, you're having to sort of deal with your whole space all at once, and and mm-hmm. you do and, and you do lose that sort of section. So maybe once you sort of fill a space of a certain shape with with large enough carrots, it like a fence comes up, like a fence goes up around that or something. Yeah, um, just to and then it's like okay, that area is safe from the bunnies. 
Um, um, but of course, but maybe it, you can get a one trapped inside there if you do it wrong, and then it's just like, oh fuck, <laughs> I lost that whole area. Yeah, basically, if the fence goes up and the um and the bunny's in there, then that entire area becomes food that you can no longer, you know, shoo the um shoo the bunny rabbit away from. Yeah, then it's just gone. You've lost those points, and sure, you've got one less bunny rabbit out in the other areas to deal with, but you know, at what cost? At what cost, Trevor? I kind of like in later levels you do have a, like like a flamethrower option because you got too many bunny rabbits coming so you can like flick over to the flamethrower. It just becomes tower defense. Like it just becomes a, a horde mode at that point. Yeah. Yeah, effectively. But like, of course, maybe very, that's very dangerous for you. <laughs> maybe for your you've carrots. Got, you've got a seed spreader. You've got a um. You've got a um a grow and slow, and you've got a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> just said that last resort. <clears throat> yeah, I like so that. You so ta- you got you, you got, the, you got the grow and slow in your in your right hand, that's got a toggle. You've got the um, and then the left hand is either the hose or in Robo Recall style, you like reach behind your back and pull out a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like it too. I like the idea that you know you've got to use the two hands to to reload it and and sort of um. You know, maybe it's a pump action, sort of like um, oh, sort of so like you actually have to you have to put down. Yeah, okay. Well, I like the idea that you're um that actually you grow you both your hose and you grow and slow are like on like they're they've got hoses attached to them. So yeah, well, so when you let them go, they like go and like suck like like a vacuum cleaner um yep. cord back to your hips. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. You got, you got the grip buttons on your thing, and you just let it go. As yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, I'd play. <laughs> you got the same for the shotgun. Like you, you take it over your, <laughs> it's over your shoulder. Out of it. You, you just got a cord over the top that yeah. just sort of goes over your, over your right or left shoulder, depending if you're right or left-handed. When you, when Funnily you let enough, it go, actually, it's got a cord, but it's not <laughs> retractable. So, like, you let it go, and it just like hangs, hangs down by. It just hangs <laughs> over your shoulder. You actually have to then reach down and pick it up, put it back. Have to put it back in your. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah, that thing. Specification. Chest. So, you really, really want to store some things. Exactly. So, you're Very living specific in like, things. You, you're in a um, sort of a fantasy land. Um, you're in a fantasy land. Oh, no, sorry. I thought you were poking fun at my mental state. Go on. No. So, do you remember the game Discworld? Yes. In that game, you had, like, a, a chest that would follow you around. That's true. Um, I like the idea that um, this is sort of set before- Before they exist. Before that. So, basically, your your quest is to- Your um, chest quest? Your chest quest. Um, to get a, a chest that can follow you around. So, you're looking for the specifications for the chest, and then you're eventually going to build the chest, and that's, like, leading into- um, how it got how the chest got created and then eventually went on to Rincewind. That is the best chess quest I've ever heard. Uh, so it's actually a Discworld prequel. Yeah, I like the idea that it's set in Discworld. Sure. So it's the origin story of the chest. Yes. Uh, so you're a chess maker. Um, builder. I think because the chest does move around, you may be a necromancer. A- <laughs> the necromancer, or you're a sorcerer, or you're a wizard, or some sort of enchanter. Um, yeah, and maybe your your whole powers are just enchanting things. Sure. Okay. Throughout this, so it's in VR. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be VR. No. Uh, 
What? If the chest is your kind of final goal, mm-hmm. what are you doing up to that point? You're enchanting other things. Yeah, You're so like I think trying I to think figure out can... the recipes for getting legs on inanimate objects. Yeah, so maybe maybe it starts off with like um, you can apply chicken legs to like a um, a piece of fruit or something like that. Well, I, I like the idea that maybe the effects are a bit more uncertain than that. So you're not just like putting chicken legs on a thing. It's like you have to mix some ingredients together and throw them at something. And that's kind of where I was thinking VR. Because I feel like the physicalness of mixing potions of throwing them at things and seeing what happens would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you take a dollop of salamander goop and add uh, Robin's egg um, that was- that was laid on the full moon, and you put them into a beaker, and then you pour in- you put in a drop of, uh, horse tears, and mix it all around, and you throw it at that apple. And blop, but blop, I- I think one of, the, one of the biggest problems is, because you don't have a chest, you can only fit, like, three things in your pockets. Oh, so you have to, yeah, you have to go and hunt for these things. Um, so- as part of the part of the quest sort of thing, you you start um, sort of doing. I'm thinking like typical graphic adventure sort of inventory puzzles, but you got very limited inventory space <laughs> right. um, because all you've got is like a chest in your room that that can yeah, store you can a lot store of stuff. As many things in that chest as you want, but it's so but it doesn't heavy. move and it's too heavy to move. Static um, and and so he immediately comes up with the idea of. I need to get legs on this thing and get it to become sentient so it can follow me around. Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, what I like about and I do like that's 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 good. I like the I like the idea of having to go and find those ingredients through through classic adventuring. But I'd really do like the idea of having to discover the properties of these different things yourself. Um, and so it's like, oh, every time I use horse tears, it like increases the size of whatever grows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you put in too many horse tears, uh, and, and next time the wings that were attached to the candlestick that I tested it on are huge, but you- and so They're you have too to, heavy and therefore it can't fly. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, you write that down. It's like, all right, horse tears equals size of, you know, thing. And then you've got different types of legs, wings, arms, maybe eyes. Like, you literally, you know- Throw you make a potion and 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 test it on something and it just grows eyes. Um, so and then, I'm liking and then the for idea the rest of the game, it's just like watching. <laughs> well, I'm liking <laughs> the idea that you know maybe the color of the horse matters as well. Oh, that you took the tears from. Yep, and also the what story you told it to make it cry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that far, but unicorn tears do like. Even crazier things. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, why um, wouldn't they? Like maybe it t- maybe it just turns them rainbow and adds a horn. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually the only difference. Otherwise, they're just like regular horse deers and just affect the size. But also, they get colourful and horny. <laughs> colourful and horny. <laughs> um. Okay, so every good story needs an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what I think happens is very early on, um, one of your early experiments is you turn, like, I'm sort of go- leaning towards a carrot again, but maybe you turn an onion to become anthropomorphic. I was thinking almost the exact same thing, that, like, that even throughout the game, like, I like the idea that 
you know, early, early game, you're testing a bunch of things and you find the one thing that makes something sentient. And, I, I like the idea it, that you've made this you hear, onion I, sentient. Well, but I like, I like the idea that it could be whatever is in your room. Like, there's a number of things in your room that you could test it on. Okay. Um, and so, maybe it was a box of chocolates. And you tested that and it, like, became sentient and went, Whoa, what the fuck? Why do I have- Why can I think? And then, like, runs out of the room and you just think nothing of it. It's like, oh, okay. Now but I know. That's now, now you're I antagonist know. for the- Yeah, now I know that this- particular ingredient makes things sentient. It's like a really hard one to find and you actually don't get to make things sentient again for much later in the game. But then that's what comes back as the antagonist, yeah. I, I really like that idea because- But I, I think what I, what I love about the onion is, you know, you can have jokes about, you know, I've got so many layers. I'm not just evil, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, then, the, the things that are in your room at the start that are available are an onion, a parfait, a cake- <laughs> A trifle. Uh, a trifle. <laughs> a lasagna. <laughs> so, you could just reuse all the jokes. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Here's a question. Who do you think should voice the antagonist? Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> have we done that one before? No. I, I feel don't like think I've we tried have. to do a Gilbert Gottfried impression before. Maybe we have. I can't remember. I've got layers! <laughs> See, I was actually thinking like a Justin Roiland would be perfect for like an antagonist. Oh yeah, you can just, you can just voice everything. I know that's fine. <laughs> that would actually um, make a pretty good Squanch Tendo game. It would. It would. I mean, they'd probably go a little bit further with how rude it was and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, it wouldn't be a lasagna. It'd be a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Have they got layers? <laughs> it's a very special dildo. Okay, three to one click. One more. Okay. Yeah, we shouldn't end on dildos. Repulsion. Lawyer. Yep. I'm repulsed by lawyers. <laughs> um Repulsion and Lawyer. lawyer. Alright. Maybe you have you are you are a lawyer. And your client has invented hoverboards, but it turns out they're super dangerous. All these people have injuries from them, um, especially from falling into lakes because they didn't have power. Um, <laughs> and it's so, basically like papers, please, except you're doing lawyer stuff. So your client has has. Um come up with this with this technology mm-hmm. but why are you representing them what because went wrong? what went wrong yeah well that's what what happened to what happened to that eight-year-old kid that no one's really talking about but you know that that's the reason why this court case is coming up i mean he hovered all the way into the sun it was just too much hovering yep he just hovered too hard um, it turns out <clears throat> that it was on the adult setting, not the kid setting. And That's it just, right. just repulsed like, all the way to the sun. Totally. <laughs> Everyone saw it. It was horrifying. Somehow it was going so fast, it made it right through the atmosphere. Lived, um, lived until he hit the sun. Like, that's what was bizarre. And, and, and that's the thing. I, I think that is a much better idea than the idea that I was coming up with. Do you want to tell me about it anyway? Um, basically, you know how lawyers, they sort of have to- Defend some of the most repulsive humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. 
I was just picturing it was a story about a lawyer, you know, literally def- having, to, having to defend like the worst that humanity has. I mean, this guy shot a kid into the sun. <laughs> He's pretty bad. He's not as bad as some other people. He shot a kid into the sun. Um. So, what's the? Well, we talked about the gameplay. It's just papers, please. Um. <clears throat> so, so the is the client played by. Original Val Johnson? Sure. Just so he can say, I shot a I kid. I shot a kid. <laughs> into the sun. <laughs> I what is, love that movie. What is that even from? Mm-hmm. Are we you done? got anything else for that? Oh, um, also, it is just disgusting. Hence repulsion. Oh, we, I guess we already had repulsion. <laughs> you repulsed him into the sun. No, no, I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm just now picturing that um, all the way through this game, like it's it's got like little adverts for like Axe body spray. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically this game is is um is sponsored by Axe body spray. So um, when people when someone makes a comment as to how bad he smells, they go, "Well, if you just use some Axe body spray, and it just <laughs> where did that come from, it. though?" <laughs> from the fact that everyone was repulsed by his smell. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> this is like Axe Body Spray presents this sort of serious, hard-hitting uh, legal drama. Set in the Back to the Future 2 universe in the future land. <laughs> future land. It's like Westworld. It's future land. Well, there was a, fu- there was a future world. So, that's... Anyway. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> that we were only gonna, I don't know. Are we? Yeah, that'll do. All right. Thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. Uh, if you want to find us on the internet, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as Bitstormcast. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Bitstorm. We're on YouTube and we are also, of course, on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. We're also on iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe. We do have a website. It's supposedly now fixed, bitstormcast.com. I'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook for all those lovely people. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you all again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And hey, Bunny, uh, do you feel lucky? Punk. <laughs> <laughs>